Praise the Lord and welcome to the Old Path Bible Study on this fabulous day here at Crossway Church in my office in Queen City, Texas. Glad you're with us. Please grab your Bibles and let's gather around God's words of life, light, and liberty. And we will be blessed by our faithful Lord today as he reveals to us and writes his new covenant words in our hearts and guides us right into the very experience of the truths of his word. That is what the Bible says will happen under the new covenant, that he will write his words in our hearts, on our minds, and that the spirit of truth will guide us into all truth. So I hope you're ready for truth today. We are in our Bible study in Hebrews chapter 12. This is part 18 on this 29th day of December 2022 as we prepare to close out another year and to step into the new. And uh, I'm just so thankful for all the Lord is doing uh, here in us, to us, with us, and through us. And I know that you are as well as he's been able to bring you back to your first love, back to the place of the very experience of your Lord and not just a church service, not just this or that. Thank God for all of that. But the true experience of Christianity, uh, any and all of the experience of Christianity comes through faith in the sacrifice of Christ. And that is a conscious faith, moment by moment, consciously trusting in Jesus Christ and his redemptive work on Calvary's cross. I'm glad to know that, to be full enough of the Holy Spirit to be sharing that with you. I'm thankful to uh, be found walking today in more of a reality of what the Spirit-filled life really is is all about. Uh, if you're full of the Holy Ghost, you're going to be being filled with the truth by the Holy Ghost. And I've come to believe that as the Lord pours out of His Spirit in the last days, it's going to be the Spirit of truth that He's pouring into the hearts of His people. And wherever He's doing that, it's going to be being proclaimed. So you can't do that without having an obvious, conscious focus of the cross of Christ. And so I'm glad to know that today and things ever since this work began, this local church began some 17 and a half years ago, the message of the cross, that which shows us Christ who reveals our heavenly father to us has only become brighter. That path that God has put our feet on, He's promised to make it brighter, to make it shine more and more, Proverbs 4.18. And if your faith is consciously in the one who is the light, who is the path, Jesus Christ, and what he did at Calvary, the path will be lighting up more and more for you. That means you'll be knowing him, recognizing him more often in your life because he is there at every moment trying you. That's what the Bible says. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 12, part 18. Let's dig into this today. And uh, we're going to see some fabulous, wonderful things today and possibly some, some uh, interrupting, life-changing truths today that will interrupt uh, some of the false things that the church has, has been taught and, and held dear 
in, in an ungodly way, false, these heresies uh, that creep in through the creepers that come in. And, and so we'll see uh, at least one of those today. So let's look, let's begin in verse 15 again, scratch our feet on the grass and get ready to blast off, if you will, into where the Lord will lead us today. Verse 15, Hebrews 12, looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. And we've already discovered and shared with you that we all have to be looking diligently at the same thing. And it doesn't tell us in verse 15 what we're to be looking diligently at, but verse 2 does, looking unto Jesus the author and the finisher, perfecter of our faith, who for the joy of, uh, uh, let's read it now, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Now, again, that is what you have to be looking diligently. That means constantly. And by the way, 2 Corinthians 3 and 18 tells us that we're only going to be conformed into the glorious image that we're beholding. And we're all, as God's children, only being made conformable to one thing. Philippians 3.10 tells us it's the death of Jesus. So unless that's what you're beholding, my friend, you're not even in the, in the experiential sanctifying process. You are sanctified as a child of God. But to experience the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit in the transformation into the image of the Son of God, you must be holding the sacrifice of Christ. The death, you must be beholding that glorious image that God saw at Calvary. I'm sorry that 90-something percent or higher of the church does not know that. I'm sorry that we've gotten together for decades and decades and begged God and hooped and hollered and swung from the chandeliers and just played church as little tiny children might, not knowing what they're doing. But unless you know that you're being made conformable unto the death of Jesus, that that is how you're being conformed into his image, that that is what you have to be beholding to go from glory to glory and by his spirit be changed into that glorious image. My friend, it's all, it, listen, don't get mad, but it's been wasted time. Wasted time. And I hate to have to be the one to share that with you, but unless we know that truth, we're wasting time. You can't be conformed into something you're not beholding. And the Bible says you need to be beholding it him and what he did at Calvary diligently, diligently. And we covered a little bit of that last session, so let's move on. Let's read it again, then we'll move on today. Looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God. This is a warning to you and me. It's a warning to the born-again, blood-bought, spirit-filled church of Jesus Christ. I want you to know that today. This is a warning to you, us who are already saved, that we can fail of the grace of God if we're not looking diligently 
at Jesus and what he did at Calvary. You'll have to admit, if you're an honest person, that every time you've done a big piece of stupid, you weren't looking diligently unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of your faith that endured the cross for the joy that was set before. While, while we were doing our sinful thing, while we were led astray through the lust of our own flesh, we, we were not looking diligently unto Jesus to say you were, but you were still carried off. You're lying to yourself. And, and if that's the case, then we can just get rid of the Word of God. Because if I'm told that while I make, while, consciously, while I'm making my calling and election sure that I won't stumble, I won't fall. Peter wrote that, 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 9 and 10, right there. While, while I'm making my calling and election sure, I won't stumble. Amen. While I'm looking diligently unto Jesus and what he did for me at Calvary, not listen, folks, not just pardoning me from my sin, but crucifying me there. Amen. Putting me away, making a new creation in himself, creating me in his righteousness and his true holiness. Hallelujah. If I see beyond the pardon and see the power that he's given me. The Bible says he's given us power to become the children of God, John 1 and 12. It's not just pardon, my friend. It's pardon and power to live this life of godliness and holiness. You have it, but you got to look diligently. And back to what I said, it's only when we're not looking diligently, and that's a choice. It's only while we're not looking diligently unto Jesus. It's only when we're not making our calling and election sure. It's only when we're caught off guard through what? Through the lust of our own stinking flesh that we do all the big pieces of stupid that we do. Hallelujah. So watch, looking diligently lest any man, get that now, any man, talking about Christians who have received the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. And if you look at the last of this verse and work your way back to the beginning, you'll see how the whole process of falling away, failing of the grace of God happens. So, if Listen, if many people are being affected negatively by me, it's because a root of bitterness has sprang up within me because I, have, I am failing of the grace of God because I'm not looking diligently. And it's either because I don't know what I should be looking diligently at that's the biggest issue in the church today. We think we can just look at anything, but no, we can't. And, and, that, and it proves to be a failure when we're not looking unto Jesus and what he did at Calvary, not just to pardon me, but to destroy 
that which I was. I cannot be rehabilitated. He did not come to rebuild me, put me back together again. I was broken and only worthy of death. He came and died for me and represented me and put me away. There was nothing about me that could be rebuilt, rehabilitated, nothing about me that God could use to make me new in Christ. I was created new in Christ in righteousness and true holiness. Nothing of my past. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. So again, this is this is the main issue in the church today for people that want to live for God. They know they've been pardoned from their sins, but they know very little, if anything, about the power that God gave them to live a, a godly and a holy life to be able to diligently look unto Jesus, to be able to deny self and take up the cross daily, to be able to follow our Savior. Hallelujah. So it, it's a process. You Listen, if, if, if I'm not looking diligently at Jesus and what he did at Calvary, I'm going to, not I might, if you're not looking diligently at Jesus and what he did at the cross, meaning that's what your faith is in, that's what you're trusting in, you know that the Holy Spirit only works according to that new covenant law in Christ Jesus, Romans 8, 2. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Amen. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus can keep me free of the law and of sin and death. Hallelujah. But if I don't keep my faith in where the Holy Spirit works by that law, then I'm going to fail of the grace of God because to fail of the grace of God is to, is to fall away from the spirit of grace who is God and what he desires to do in my life moment by moment, every moment of my life. So if I'm not looking diligently unto Jesus, I'm going to. You might as well say it. There's no getting around it because Christianity is not some unconscious thing. It's a conscious, forefront of your mind experience. If it weren't, how can I, how can I bring a thought captive to the obedience of Christ that I'm not conscious of. I have to be conscious of what's going on. And the only way I'm truly spiritually conscious is looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of my faith. Hallelujah. So if I'm not looking diligently unto Jesus and what he did at Calvary for my pardon and for power, the power of the Holy Spirit to work in my life, I'm going to fail of the grace of God, what the Holy Spirit of grace is trying to do. And if I do that, if I fail of the grace of God, there's going to be a root of bitterness spring up in me. I'm going to begin to find offense with this and that. And, and before you know it, I'm going to think I'm hearing God tell me I need to get out of this place and I need to go back. I need, I, I'm going to be hearing all... Listen, if you're failing of the grace of God, it's, it's because you're listening to another voice. If I'm not diligently looking unto Jesus and what he did for me at Calvary, it's because I'm listening to another voice. 
It may just be the carnal, fleshly voice of my own carnal flesh, or it may be the voice of the devil. It may be the voice of whatever. But if I'm not, listen, and let, if I'm not looking diligently unto Jesus and what he did for me at Calvary, I'm hearing another voice. Because my, what I'm looking at spiritually is based on what I'm hearing. What I'm not looking at spiritually is based on what I'm hearing. And my friend, our walk with or without our walking with the Lord is going to be based on what we're seeing. But our seeing is going to be based on what we're hearing. That's why you can't just sit under somebody going to church, sit under somebody just reading the Bible to you. Just getting up there and using the Bible for whatever uh, vision they think they're having. No, the vision of the Bible is Jesus Christ and Him crucified. That's what I'm to be looking at diligently. That's what I'm to behold, be beholding to be able to be changed into that glorious image that God saw at Calvary. That's why my prayer for you, my friend, and for all of God's people as we close this year out and move into the next is that we would see more like he, he sees of what happened at the cross. The cross is not some little old half an hour sermonette and then let's move on to other things. You never move on from the cross. You, whatever the Lord's leading you into, it's because you're trusting in the cross of Christ. Because if you're not, you're not being led by who you think you're being led by. He only leads those that deny self and take up their cross. He taught that. You're not even following the Christ of the Bible unless there's a self-denial through faith in taking up the cross to follow him. You can't even be his disciple. That means you can't even be learning of him. Luke 14, 26 and 27, you can't learn of Christ unless your faith is in his cross because that's the avenue through which all learning, all true hearing of the Holy Spirit, all true seeing, and all true walking in truth takes place is through a heart subject, surrendered to the very work of Christ in his death on Calvary's cross. And you have to know these things. You have to be growing in your knowledge of these things. It doesn't matter what everybody else says. It matters what God's Word says. So the reason we, you and me, as God's people, are being warned here, and even now the Holy Spirit brings Esau into the warning. Now listen, let me say this all-important thing. This wouldn't need to be here to Christians if it weren't oh, oh, something that could happen. So let me just go ahead and put this out front today that all this damnable heresy of unconditional eternal security is just that. It's damnable. It's heretical. It's of the flesh. Galatians 5 says one of the works of the flesh is heresy. It is a work of the flesh. It's what our flesh wants. It's what our flesh longs for. And, and, and there's many reasons that the, the, the enemy has... has brought that this lie into the church that once you're born again, once you've received the 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 birth, the born again experience, that you, you can't ever walk away from that. You can't ever lose that. You, you can't ever be cut off once you've been grafted in. Romans 11 says you can. That you can't never have your name blotted out when the Bible says 
in Revelation, you can. And all these natural reasonings, notice that's what they always do. There's about one verse they use that you can't be plucked out of the hand. No man can pluck you out of the hand of God, and that's absolutely true. But you can walk out of the hand of God. You can walk away. You can allow your faith to become shipwrecked to where you're no longer even believing. And that is a place that only that individual and God knows when they reach that place because uh, we can all go out today and get in the flesh and do stupid and horrendous things. Look at King David in the Old Covenant who had a heart after God's heart. Look at all that he did. I want you to hear that today. But there is a place that you can that you can reach where you just get rid of it all and throw it away. And don't listen to the natural stories that men tell because we're not moved by natural stories. Faith can only come and move us if we're hearing the Word of God. So this warning is for those who have been given the right in Christ to be born again, to become the children of God. So it is a warning for us. It is a warning for us. You need to tell yourself, you know, I know I know preachers who believe that you can walk away and lose everything that you once had with the Lord, but they won't admit it because their, their denominational uh, stuff holds them trapped and they, they don't have they don't have that confidence in the Lord to break out of that shell of, of, of being snared by men and to just stick with the Word of God. But my friend, listen to this. It's a warning for blood-bought, born-again, spirit-filled Christians because that's who this is too. This is not to lost Jews who's debating on whether they want to be saved or not. This is written to Christians. Look down in verse 18, begins to say, But you you are coming to the mount that might be touched and that burned with fire and, and, and not unto blackness. Anyway, it goes on down here to say in verse 22, But you are come unto Mount Sion unto the city of the living God. He's talking about born-again people. Look at verse 24. And to Jesus, that's who we've come, these people who's being written to, they've come to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. My friend, this is to Christians. And so when we read this, I can't help what what your daddy and your granddaddy uh, was involved in. If you just stick with them and not the word, then you'll suffer at the judgment like they're going to. And I promise you they're going to. Even though they make it into heaven, they'll be at the judgment seat of Christ. But we will answer for all heresy that we fail prey to. We will give an answer for that. Don't think you're not. And uh, because many, many are being hurt by that damnable heresy. Many believe that they can just go out and just, it never matters what they believe after they've believed in Christ. They can eat, I've even heard preachers say, even if you reject Christ and you say you don't believe in him anymore and you move on into Islam, you're still a Christian. That's not true, my friend. That's not Bible. The Bible says you be cut off, have your name blotted out. 
That's what the Bible says, talking to Christians there. So you got to get away from all that false stuff. I'll, I'll share with you. I got a little time left this morning. I used to be in a Bible college. When I very first went to Bible college, it was, uh, it was a, a, one of the mainline denominational Bible colleges, and, 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 and I was enjoying myself, and I was really just eating up the words of truth, loving it, and, and my favorite teacher got up one night and said, you know, uh, when the disciples and the apostles that are there in the Bible, when they died, the gifts of the Holy Spirit and the miracles and all that ceased. They were no more. All that was just used by God to, to show that the church had the power and then all that faded away. And as soon as he said that, there was a voice telling me, you got to get up and get out of here. Now, I finished that semester but I had to get up and get out of there. Although I was one of those denominational people while I was there, that just didn't go over with me because there's no scripture given for the heresy that they teach. Not that's not twisted to, to in, in, formed by their carnal lusting flesh into what they want it to mean. And, and there's a lot of people around our area, around here that know me. They don't have anything to do with us because of this, because I take a stand for what the Word says, and I don't mind telling people that you, you can be cut off like Romans 11 says. You can have your name blotted out like Revelation says and, and other scriptures that are very well there for you to see, but we, we, we lean to, to, to cling to men instead of the truth. And so, you know, and, and uh, other than that and the spirit field speaking in tongues that we experience every day, uh, you know, th those things cause those who really are only selective hearers uh, to, to shun away from us. And, and uh, you know, that's just where they are. And, you know, I'm not condemning them. I, how can I condemn them? Uh, I'm not the judge. I'm not condemning. I'm just telling you what we believe. And it's not just the way we see it. It's the way it is written. It's there for all to believe the same exact thing if you just stick with Scripture. But I knew that I had to get up and get away from that. I mean, you don't just start telling me stuff without using Scripture, trying to, uh, trying to attack my faith. You know, telling me that I really don't need to be believing God for healing and, and He doesn't use men in the gifts uh, that were left there in the early church that they're still not functional because that, that, that makes me tend to believe that they don't believe Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. They think He's because the gifts of the Holy Spirit is what Jesus is doing by His Spirit. You need to understand that. So let's move on here. He says here in verse 16, lest there be any fornicator or profane person as Esau, who for one morsel of meat sold his birthright. Now let me say it again. If you don't think you can sell out and sell your birthright, my friend, you're not living under the. You're not living by the fear of the Lord. We we don't live in fear that we'll lose our salvation. That's where some people miss it. We're not living in the fear that we're going to lose our salvation, but we are paying attention to the Word of God. We are giving the more earnest heed to what we've heard, so that we won't slip away from it. 
Uh, come on now, that's what the Bible teaches earlier on in Hebrews chapter 2 and 3. You better be giving the more earnest heed to what you've heard so that you don't slip, it says so that we don't, so it don't slip what the true rendering is there so that we don't slip away. That's what it really says because we can slip away. And that, that, that's reality. So let's read this again. Lest there be any fornicator, and that word means prostitute. Uh, let's look at it and make sure we get it right. The word fornicator, it means prostitute. It means uh, a whoremonger. Uh, that means we, we're selling, selling out to something we shouldn't be or profane, which means godless person as Esau. Get this now who for one morsel of meat sold his birthright. And what does that really mean? When Esau sold his birthright, what was his birthright? Esau was the firstborn of Isaac. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Esau. Isaac was the first... I'm sorry. Esau was the firstborn and had the birthright. Not to just the sheep, the cattle, and the birthright, and the blessing on the material blessings. The birthright in the Old Covenant in this lineage of the Messiah, the birthright was the right to carry the testimony of a coming Savior, a coming Redeemer, the promise of the seed of the woman. Esau was God. He didn't care one iota about that. He cared so <coughs> little about it that he sold that right for a bowl of soup. And we see a great picture here of either God we're serving or mammon we're serving. And as we look back, I've got it here for us to read today what Jesus taught. And get this, you can't serve two things at one time. And there's only two things to serve. Jesus phrased it as God or mammon. He told Paul to write to the church in Rome, it's either sin, the sin nature unto death, or it's obedience unto righteousness. It means it's you're serving the carnal sin nature, the lust of your own flesh through trusting any other thing than the cross of Christ, or and it's always unto death, or you're trusting in that obedience of Christ unto righteousness that allowed you to be married to him. And now as you yield to that truth, you're allowed to bring, you're allowed to, through that birthright, that born-again experience, to bring forth the fruit of your Savior. Obedience unto righteousness, the righteous fruit of what Christ did for you at Calvary. So look at what Jesus taught in Matthew 6 and 24. It's come up a lot this year in my studies, and I'm sharing it with you today, praying the Holy Spirit quicken your very spirit with this great truth today. Because what Esau did, he chose mammon instead of God. And look at what Jesus taught in Matthew 6, 24. No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. But don't stop there. Look at what Jesus goes on to say in verse 25. Therefore, therefore, because you now you know you can't serve God and mammon, 
You're going to cling to one and despise the other. You're going to love one and hate the other. Listen, therefore, I say unto you, take no thought for your life what you shall eat. Now, look, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body for what you shall put on. Is not the life? More than meat and the body, more than the clothing you wear? Is that not what Esau did? He sold the right that he had, the birthright, to carry the testimony of the Savior. That's what we have today in a more profound and and beneficial way. We carry the same thing. We carry the birthright. We carry through the born-again experience the right to... Be in the presence of God. We, we carry the right we've been given to have the power of God to become the children of God. We're being warned against being like Esau and selling that birthright, my friend. We're being, we are being warned of that not to be a fornicator. Not to become a spiritual adulterer. You've been married to Jesus. Romans 7, 4. And when we place our faith in anything, celebrate recovery, AA, government of 12, the promise keepers, the purpose-driven life, saying that God is using that to help me. No, God's using the cross. Anything other than the cross places you in spiritual adultery. We're playing the prostitute now. Come on, we're in a place of whoremongering, fornicating now, spiritually. When we're not trusting in the work of Christ and we've allowed this new apostolic prophetic mess to come rushing into the church. And I call it mess because anything without a focus of the cross, faith in the cross alone, looking at the cross alone is mess. It's spiritual mess that brings about fornication, adultery, and and listen, a very dangerous place where we can be deceived and sell out like Esau did to these false ways. The cross is the only thing God gave you vision through, and it's the only thing that allows you to see through this life you have to keep running this race. I know we're out of time. I just hate it that we're always out of time. I'm looking forward to being in that place where time won't control anything about us anymore, and I know you are too. It's been good today, but we'll have to stop. We'll have to start right here next Monday morning. And by the way, I will not be doing cross time with Pastor Curtis in the morning because I'll be out of town for a day or two, but I'll be back here Sunday morning for worship service and back next Friday, hopefully, for cross time with Pastor Curtis in our first Peter teaching. So I'm sorry that I'm missing tomorrow, and I hate to miss, and I look forward to always teaching the Word of God and being with those gathered around His words of life, light, and liberty. What a blessing it is to know our Lord. You're not learning more of your Savior without the Word. You're not learning more of your Heavenly Father without the Word of the truth of the Gospel, and I'm thankful to know that and be able to be sharing that with you. And so, uh, praise God. 
Today is a great day. It, the Lord gave us this day to be able to celebrate and rejoice in this day because of who we are in Christ. And I'm thanking God for each and every one of you as we close out this year. I won't see you again online until Sunday morning worship. It'll be next year at that point as the new year rolls around. If you need to give here at the end of the year uh, to, to end your year with a certain amount that you want to offer to the Lord, you can do that through Crossway Church. You can do that at thecrosswaychurch.com or you can... Uh, simply text the word GIVE to the number 903-231-5950 to, to help us preach this gospel, to preach the message of the cross like never before in 2023 coming up and even to close this year out. We're so thankful for the Lord and what He's done for us, the pardoning of our sin and the giving of that power of Christ to us to live a crucified life. God bless you. I love you. I'll see you next time. Until then, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. We'll see you then.